This is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe. And today with me on the phone is Stanley Martin. Stanley, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. I came across you from the Titus Burgess fan club, which is absolutely hilarious. And I love the comedy that you share on all of your mediums. I've been going through the YouTube videos. It's you're you're very very funny guy. Uh, I want to talk. Oh my about, god, I'm so flattered. Thank I, you. <laughs> I want to talk about that um, and so much more about your entertainment uh, career thus far. But to start off, I want to take it back to the beginning of time for Stanley Martin. What were your mm -hmm. entertainment dreams growing up? Well, that's the thing. I grew up in a very theatrical family, so I would always see my mother, my sister, and my father performing on stage, whether it's like regional or community theater or what have you. So that's always been my inspiration growing up to be like, okay, I need to be a performer. There's no skating around that. Like that's a tra trajectory of my career. Now that was highly fostered by your parents to pursue it as a career. Well, yes. Yeah, it definitely was. But at the same time, they saw that I had the drive and the stick and like all kinds of perseverance to actually go for it. Um, I grew up in a dance studio that my mom still currently owns and teaches down in Bucks County. Hey, um, <laughs> and the amount of times I would see like star students, like after they've graduated high school, try to go for their dreams of a performer. And then after that, just give up. I didn't want to be that. I was like, I was learning through certain mistakes where I'm like, okay, I don't want to do that. I need to stick with it and really try and like, you know, hustle. And if I heard you correctly, you said Bucks Bucks County. Is that the Bucks County Playhouse of Bucks County? That, yes, that I actually know. performed there. Yeah, <laughs> I actually performed there when I was a child, way before it became equity. So we're talking about like bugs crawling around. We're talking about spider web <laughs> everywhere. All of it. <laughs> all the good good that comes with theater. What? Oh, God. What was there a defining moment for you in time when you really made that decision? One show, one moment backstage, on stage, where you decided this is what I'm going to do? Ooh. I guess it would have to be like the first time I was ever performing on stage. My mom, she choreographs a lot of like the middle school productions and high school productions around Bucks County. Sure. Well, not at this point. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and at one point they were like, okay, we need, um, would you mind having your child in the show? And all they have to do is dress up as a clown and crawl on my hands and knees while someone is yo-yoing around my head. Literally. <laughs> That was the first time I'm like, oh, this feels fine. As a little it. Yeah, I, I love this. What, what did you learn from, because dance is such a discipline, and to become a master oh, yeah. in the art form, you really have to have some serious mental and physical discipline. What, what did your, your mother, I guess, teach you about that through dance? Um, well, the thing that she taught me more than anything else is just practice and rehearsal because it's yeah. never going to be in your body unless you keep going over and over and over. And then after that, you know, it, it just kind it kind of becomes one with yourself. And I kind of implement that anytime I'm taking class for like, cause right now I'm actually in college for the first time. Hey, so the new, uh, <laughs> hey. Southern New Hampshire university, big ups. Um, <laughs> and anytime there's a reading or something like that and it's, going to be coming up on a test or a pop quiz or what have you. Hmm. I'm constantly looking back and rereading something so I can have it like ingrained in me. 
Sure. So, yeah. So it's, it forces me to pick up things extremely fast. Has that helped with your writing? Oh, significantly. Yeah, especially the discipline about, like, okay, the, um, the way that you structure certain things, especially whenever I write a sketch, it has to have a certain outline for the jokes to land and for everything to make sense. And it makes it also extremely easier to film or even put up on stage because everything is written out and everything is in place. And it also gives time for people to like throw in some ad libs or feel comfortable to try something different if I allow them. Um, but yeah, <laughs> because of the structure. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It just yeah, and and I learned that through dance, especially by taking ballet class, how to hold yourself up, how to present yourself, how to create the lines and everything. So, yeah. Sure. Now, everyone comes to Broadway in a different a different path, lane, story, journey. By the time Aladdin came about for you, was that a, a, a no-brainer at that point, or was that an, a, a sudden expected moment in time? How did your journey to Aladdin, yeah, how did you respond to that? Oh, when I first received the call or when I auditioned? Yeah, like, well, if you're, willing, if you're willing to give me the whole story, um, through the auditions, oh, sure. you know, through that call, what was that like for you? Well, that's the thing. Okay, so when Mary Poppins was back on Broadway back in 2000, what was it, 2011, 10 yeah, or whatever, yeah. they would constantly call me in um, to do the step in time tap choreography and I would make it all the way to the end and then never hear anything. And literally, I think I was called in about six or seven times oh my. for the Broadway production and the tour. Yeah. But this is one of those things where this is like a bit of advice for anybody who wants to get started in theater. Go out for everything because you never know if they're going to hold on to your headshot for something else. Right. Because as soon as like the original world premiere Aladdin auditions were happening, Number one, they didn't put it out on backstage and then put it out on, on Actors Access. The only way that you could get an audition is through an agent. Luckily, I have auditioned for this particular casting company so many times. They're like, oh, well, he's got like, you know, the right look for it. Um, I always make the joke that my cast, I mean, um, my character name in Aladdin is ethnically ambiguous dancer number five. <laughs> um, so when the auditions happened, they called me in and literally I was like talking to to everybody in the room and they were saying oh well my agent said to bring this and dress like this and sing like this and blah, 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 blah. i'm like the casting director told me to bring knee pads in my songbook and that's it let's do this <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is history basically well that's yeah. the thing so the world premiere happened back in 2011 and then a year or two after the fact that's when they were going to hold the broadway auditions again and i'm like no one's calling me no one's like what's happening why is there so much silence so I actually called up the casting director myself and was like, hi, so um, I see that you guys are having an Aladdin audition for the Broadway production. Um, should I come in or what's going on? And the casting director got back to me. She was like, oh, yeah, Casey would love for you to come into the open call. Uh, yeah, that was oof, uh, oof, oof. <laughs> so I was like tucking, okay. my, tucking my tail between my legs. Right. And as soon as I get to that open call... I can't tell you the amount of men that were in that audition room versus the women where they actually, there were so many that they had to bring them up on the freight elevator. Oh my God. But as soon as I walked into like, not even the room, the hallway, yeah. literally there were guys who knew me were just like, why are you here? Aren't you already in the show? <laughs> like, no, <laughs> they had, they want to put me through this entire process again. 
But I only yeah. did the one dance call for the open call, and then after that, I got a call a week later, and Casey was like, okay, um, he wants you to come in at the very, very end. Long story short, I ended up getting um, my first contract for a Broadway show April 1st. So when they called, I'm like, oh my God, are you joking? And they're like, no, why would we be joking? Because April Fool's. Because April Fool's. So, yeah. <laughs> now, I'm like, timing is everything. It really, it really I mean, really. The, um, the, the story and the, the journey of that, it's so, oh my goodness, I just had it on the tip of my tongue. It's so relationship oriented. And I know you, oh, just, you ha- yeah. yeah, you just talked about it. I'm curious if there's more to, that you'd like to share on relationships in the industry. Professional, of course. Um, well, let me see. How many couches do you have? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, it, it's such a necessity. Yeah. And some people uh, want to try to wipe it off and say, no, it's, it's all about the talent. I'm like, yes, talent is a major factor. But it's also, here's the thing that I've learned so far, like being on Broadway now for the past, oh, God, 2014. Um, Directors, casting directors, musical directors only want to work with people for the most part that they know or they get a sense of who they are. Right. They like literally. Yeah. Because there have been plenty of times where I'm like, how did that person get hired again in that show? Because he's friends with the, got it. Okay. All right. Understandable. Uh (laughs) Yeah. You have to network. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I I know the internet is a fantastic place and sometimes mistaken place. Uh, Playbill mentioned uh, when I was looking up your time with Aladdin that you had departed the show. Have you gone back into the show? Have you been out of the show pre-corona? Yeah. Well, see, this is what happened. Um, The last couple of years, I've been taking leaves of absences. Um, The first time I took a leave of absence was last year to put on my very first play at the Strawberry One Act Festival, which ended up getting the most nominations for a long play, six nominations, and we won two for Best Directing and Best Actress. We were also nominated for Best Play. I'm just plugging that right now. Do it. Um, What was the title for everyone? Huh? What was the title of the play? Opportunity. Okay. Yeah. And then this year, um, I ended up getting an offer to do The Legend of Georgia McBride down in Sarasota, Florida at Florida Studio Theater. Sure. Um, that's uh, it was a Matthew Lopez play. And literally, we got through a week of rehearsal. I'm like, all right, I'm about to stretch my acting chops again, and we're not doing it anymore. Yeah. And Corona. Right, right. And yeah. okay, so okay, great. So then you not great about the corona, but great about the journey. <laughs> no, 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 uh, I got what you meant. <laughs> the 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 decision to write, how long ago did that begin for you? Well, that's the thing. Ever since I was a child, I loved writing. Like mm-hmm. the first time I ever wrote something, I was about like I think nine or eight on my Aunt Julia's old green typewriter and it was a random ass murder mystery. I blame my mother for that because she was constantly watching Agatha Christie with me all the time on PBS. <laughs> so, but yeah, I've always had an inclination to write. And even when I was in high school, I was constantly trying to like write a script or write a play or write something creatively, you know? Sure. Sure. And how yeah. has it, how has it transpired or transformed for you into comedy or are you touching on all genres, so to speak in your writing? For the most part, I'm generally, I'm touching on comedy, but my husband keeps, okay, so I did two cabarets a couple of years ago, and the second cabaret I did, it, the humor was a little bit darker, and even some of the subject matters that I was talking about was a little bit on more of a serious note, sure. and he's constantly been trying to hammer to me, being like, you need to write more dramas, because 
there's something about um, comedy writers when they switch to drama where it just kind of hits a little bit harder. And they even talk about that with um, TV writing classes where it's like, it's easier for um, a show to be staffed with comedy writers moving into drama versus drama moving into comedy. Because, yeah. yeah, yeah, comedy yeah. is a hell of a lot harder to write. But for the most part, um, the reason why I write comedy, I don't know. It's just I grew up watching sitcoms. I grew up watching a lot of Mad TV, a lot of Saturday, Saturday Night Live. So even that whole sketch genre, it just is something that I love to just watch, and I just kind of adapted to it. Even Carol Burnett, like, throw her in there. <laughs> Love her. The, the yeah. play Opportunity, what, yeah. how did that come about? What is that about? What does it mean to you? And where, where is it headed next? Um, the play Opportunity is about six um, dancing ensemble members coming back together for a five-year cast reunion from the flop show McKinley, the other American musical. Um, and the whole idea, literally the whole idea came from when a bunch of me and my Aladdin Broadway cast members got a chance to take a a Bob Krakauer, like TV film acting class. Yes. And he, oh yeah, I love, great teacher. Um, and at the end of it, Bob was like, you guys are like fantastic. And he generally never takes anybody unless he knows them. It's again, connections. Yeah. Um, and he said, the best way for you guys to get better, and again, like I mentioned this earlier, practice. You need to work together as a group and create something, even create a film, create a TV show, create something. So we created a group chat, and everyone's like, okay, who's going to write it? Who's going to direct? What's it going to be about? And I'm like, everyone's like, oh, this is a fabulous idea. No one was coming up with actual ideas. So I was like, okay, why doesn't it, uh, why doesn't it be like about a group of Broadway performers coming back together for a cast reunion that way it works on everyone's strength everybody that would be in it can relate to it and figure out some kind of character that goes along with their actual personality da, 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 da. Sure. they're like yes that's great nothing <laughs> nobody did anything so i was like you know what this was my idea so i'm just going to take six different personalities from my show and other shows that i've done and put them together in a play hmm. yeah Okay, and then that now is going to be, currently is being adapted into a short film? Yeah, it's a, it's a short film that right now, I literally, when you called, I was in the middle of editing. Um, and it features the original cast from the original Strawberry One Act Festival production. Um, and it features the award-winning director as well as the award-winning actress, uh, Yamoria Wright and Michael Blatt. So I'm extremely excited to, you know, put this out there and have this like go underway. What, what stories do we need more of in your opinion? Oh my God. It's here's the thing. I feel like there's slowly, but surely there's more diversity that's happening on. Like, are you talking about mainly TV film or are you talking about more like theater wise? You know what? Why don't we start theater and go to TV and film? Cause I would like to cover it all theater. Okay. Here's the thing. I wish there were there was more diversity yeah. behind the table on the creative side of things. Because here's the thing: I think it's beautiful to see so many different um, races, ethnicities, sexualities, da da da, on stage, and I think that's wonderful. I think that's great. Right. But the thing is, you can always kind of sense when it's not coming from an authentic place. Where it just well said because yes. you have a whole you have like a lot of different 
generally white writers who are trying to be like, oh, okay, well, I can write about the Asian experience. Um, let, let, let's backtrack that a little bit. Let, let's think about that. And a lot of times, sometimes they'll bring in people that have, that have that ethnicity, that have that background or some kind of reflection, use some of their ideas, and then that's it. Yeah. I wish there was more, more opportunities for people of color to actually get a chance to tell their stories. Now, I, I, as well as like directing everything too. I do, yep. I do completely agree with you, and I like to be optimistic and think that that is the future. Do you? Yeah. Um, I've noticed baby steps. Baby steps. baby steps. Right, right. They need to be um, big because it's right. Yeah. And it's, honestly, after I'm done editing this, I'm uh, I'm starting on um my second play, which I'm calling it Gatekeepers, where it kind of it touches on that, where it's um you have certain people that were always in power in theater trying to relinquish some of that and ooh that that can be painful for them yeah yeah yes yes uh in terms of television yeah. and film what do you what do you see in terms of more stories that we we do need um honestly right now i feel like we're kind of in the golden age yeah. um i feel like there should definitely be like a couple of more trans storylines and sure. but pose is doing such a great job of it and now yeah. I'm starting to see more and more TV shows incorporate that side of things as well as like some non-binary and what have you, especially on, oh my God, that show that Zoe's, no, that's Zoe's, I don't know, uh, Zendaya, the, um, the show right. that she's on. What's that called? Oh, uh, Euphoria. Yes. Yeah. How you actually have, yeah, you have trans characters, right. um, you have relationships with them and like same thing with non-binary, with LGBTQ, like all of that. All of it. It's now, it's now all being um, integrated together. So I'm just like, okay. So I feel like TV is doing a much better job of that out of, out of all the platforms. If you include film, TV, and theater, yeah. TV so far is like probably the most progressive out of the bunch. Movies, sure. different story. Yeah. 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 Half the, <laughs> yeah. No, because half the time in movies, whenever there's an announcement like, oh, look, we're going to have a gay character in this Marvel movie or this Disney movie, and, da, 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 and just like, well, where are they? And they're like, well, if you just look over behind that guy in the green shirt and on the left look he's holding hands with the man okay <laughs> yeah yeah, th- yeah there's the, the gay back. right there right and that's, <laughs> yeah 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 i yeah, i completely understand what you're saying and the thing about you know films just what i'm seeing is it's we're still on jurassic park five six seven eight these like oh, good just Lord. kind of like beating a dead horse so to speak in terms of the overuse of things people yeah, think will make money it is prehistoric <laughs> well said <laughs> You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. 